Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mr. Mark Lawrence. Why are you leaving that? <laughs> Oops. Yeah, well, I figured you wouldn't turn my microphone on. No, I'm tired of it. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of being sick and tired. All right. Uh, let's well, that's see. the kind of thing Mario Cuomo would do. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, I no, see your note is still up. I'm not going to take it down. No, it's up here. I, I'm not going to make that mistake again this morning. Until he's long gone, resigned, Replaced, charged, convicted, and in jail. I'm going to leave the note up there reminding you. Did you, you. see him? Did you see Andrew waving at and, and bantering with some woman supporter yesterday? No. Called her darling, or I'm not going anywhere, darling, or honey. Oh, I forget dear. what it was. Man doesn't learn. Okay. All right. Well, he's have to. G- Whenever, this is this email came in a week ago, but very timely, upper right-hand corner. Let me set the show, and then we'll read that email. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can talk about the topic of your selection. We've been talking about Governor Cuomo a little bit in late, uh, recent weeks, not so much uh, super lately. Been talking about immigration, the crisis at the U.S. border, uh, accepting children... Uh, without any, um, let's see, without any hesitation or delay. Of course, families, adults are turned away, but uh, kids are let in for free. So it's kind of like a drive-in theater, you know. So anyway, so that's at the border, and of course, it's no laughing matter. You realize there's a, there's something even worse afoot. Uh, let's see, we had a shooting in Colorado. Yeah, well, one that, officer killed there. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking about it on the border, too, but that's a terrible incident out there in Colorado. So uh, so these are the things in the news. Maybe you have an opinion or a reaction or something you wish to offer on that. One of our good listeners uh, takes me to task on one of my many exaggerations, and so we can talk about that. Oh, we should definitely um, talk about that. So we're going to do that email we promised in a moment here. On the mark, uh, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. Uh, after the news, we have the uh, last news story, and our newscast at 906 will be about a community that's paying reparations uh, for some individuals in the community who are black, so uh, we can chat about that. But 1-800-795-9565, upper right-hand corner, if you would, Joe. All right, but this isn't really... I did want to mention something else. Okay, well, mention something else. We, because that. you brought up the border. Okay. But, you know, we talked yesterday about the uh, government spending some $85 million or $86 million a contract to put up these illegals in hotels. But do you remember what happened in Washington, D.C. after the big riot or the insurrection, as the left likes to call it, when they brought in the National Guard? Where did they put them? 
They put them in parking garages and fed them bad food. So our own troops, our own American soldiers who are willing to put their lives on the line for us and go out and risk, you know, risk death and injury to help keep us safe, we put them in parking garages. But the Biden administration is going to spend $86 million to put illegal immigrants in hotels. Don't you see something wrong with that? Well, the soldiers didn't end up in the Capitol. They all went to hotels eventually. Correct? No, they were in they were in parking garages. They were kept in parking and they garages. They still are today. I thought they. I said think they, they moved sent the most of them home now. I don't know where they no, put them now, no, but they still put there. them. They're in hotels. <laughs> they're not in hotels. Well, they may be now, but they right. weren't. Yeah, and they weren't initially. You're right. And that's well, they slept the problem. in the Capitol uh, in the first in the on ground floor, on the marble floors and all that sort of thing, and in parking garages. They set up their tents there. But, but uh, it was amazing how fast the Biden administration could come up with $86 million to put illegal well, immigrants in hotels. Was that part of the pandemic money by chance? I don't think. I think this was just money. They l- leased a contract under some other theory of where the money could come from. And where does the $86 million, what does that pay for? Explain all. There's like 20 things. What are the 20 things? Well, the most I heard is hotel rooms. I assume that's no, what No, no, that's is. just a tiny sliver. Is it what? to fly them to Canada to bring them across the border there? No. Is that included no. in that? What's, what's you know, you know the answer to this, Joe. What does the rest of the money go for? Just say it. It's not. It's not going to help your case. You say it. It's to help the kids to get settled for relocation. Oh, for, you mean the kids are teaching in and plastic care and dealing with any of the medical issues they might be dealing with. It's it's part of the whole comprehensive acceptance that we're doing in the U.S. Now you can argue, as you have vociferously, that we should continue to not accept these kids. But this is what the the governor or the president is not going to let them come without any hope of ever being assimilated into the U.S. And that's the well, ultimate that's the problem. Goal. Well, that's also the problem. Right, that's the problem. So what obligation do we have to accept people from everywhere in the world? I mean, if everybody comes here, who's going to be in the rest of the world? I think we have an obligation. And really? Why? I'm, I'm going to state what the president is saying. I'm not sure that I, I have the, precisely the same feelings in my heart. But the president is saying we have an obligation to accept uh, children coming over the border who are seeking asylum. And if they're less than 18 years of age, we'll say yes to them coming into the U.S. Most, the vast majority, Probably over 95% are going to stay in the U.S. given the opportunity to do so. And bring their families and their grandparents well, and pr- everybody else. No, actually, the president says that they don't become anchor kids. But you're, you're saying I'm wrong about I th- that? I heard they do. That that's oh, okay, the, they they think they kids. are. That maybe I don't know of any plan to not make them anchor kids. Isn't that funny? You it, said I don't know about six times. You're vociferously angry about the things that Fox told you to say today. No, no. But you keep MS- saying I don't hey, know, listen, I don't know. Even MSNBC is on the Biden administration for the mishandling of this issue at the border. This morning, I watched Morning Joe. I almost yeah, fainted. They lost. Yeah, they lost MSNBC. <laughs> they lost it's MSNBC. It's the Walter Cronkite moment. And you know, uh, although they couldn't give Trump any credit, they hearkened back to Barack Obama's astounding success at controlling the border, the ignoring Donald Trump and completely. And that said, that the Biden administration is botching this and botching it royally. Right. So I mean, let's face it: the left and the right are looking at this. They had a Texas mayor, a Democratic 
mayor on this morning talking about the terrible impact in his city. Now, that was, I'll admit, was on Fox. So, I mean, the Biden administration is throwing all this money at the problem. Right. They're letting in well, people. Well, it's a dilemma. They've got a crisis there. I don't know what, who, somebody else yesterday wouldn't call it a crisis. Oh, I guess it was Jen, Jen Psaki, Psaki again said it, it was right. a challenge. Now it's not, no, it's not even a challenge. Now it's a situation. <laughs> it's been downgraded from a challenge to a situation. Well, now listen carefully. Kamala Harris was asked yesterday, I guess she's getting ready to go somewhere. I yeah, believe, she finds this amusing. Right. Well, she has a great rapport with her reporters, and you wonder, well, what happens? Do you lose anything when a reporter becomes chummy and friendly? And uh, You uh, sure do. The press should be adversarial. Uh, right. If you're not adversarial with your source. So here's one of the reporters laughingly asking her if she's going to the border. And I believe the question is, are you going to the border? Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. Yeah. One more question. Oh, thank you. Do you have plans to visit the border? There you go. Do you um, plan to visit the border? <laughs> not yeah, today. you want to hear it again? Okay, this no, is No, that's all right. I've okay. heard her laughing enough at it. Finds so. it amusing. Doesn't that bother well, you? Well, that's the thing. If you're friendly with your reporters, they're not going to ask you... You know, they're going to ask you questions with a smile on their face, and you're going to reply with a smile on yours, even though it's a, you know a deadly serious well, issue. This Thursday is supposed to be I mean, Joe Biden's. The president's Biden's. been lucky; we haven't we don't have a death toll there yet. Well, that that could be coming. This Thursday is supposed to be Biden's first press conference in sixty some days, sixty five or sixty six, I think mm -hmm. it will be. Assuming he doesn't find some reason to cancel it, which I'm willing to bet he will. Um, but you know, let's face it: you talked about these foreign countries and and the fact that these people are coming here because of the bad employment numbers. You said yesterday Guatemala's unemployment rate was 85%. One of our good listeners looked up the information, and she has a bone to pick with you, Mark Lawrence. <laughs> okay, go ahead. She said, uh, this is from Cindy, and Cindy looked stuff up. Cindy said, yesterday, one of the hosts, Mark, said that Guatemala's unemployment rate during COVID was 85%. But the data on Statistia.com reports the highest unemployment rate in Guatemala, 1990 to 2020 was just 3.5% in 2009. In fact, in 2020, the rate was just 2.46%. And then she went further. Mexico's unemployment rate was 3.65% in 2020. Honduras, the rate was 532 in 2020. And according to the Bureau of Labor in the USA, unemployment rate is 6.2% in March 2021. In February 2020, it was just 3.5%. So the unemployment rate is worse here in the United States than it is in these countries that supposedly they're coming here to, to get a better life in. And she points out, so was the on-the-mark hosts 85% grossly exaggerated, erroneously estimating, maliciously misstating, or simply flat-out lying? Under former President Trump, the host statement would be lying. But under President Biden, it's just misstating the fact. Well, it's just extrapolation. If you consider that half the country lives in poverty, that's the dilemma. I mean, yes, the, the unemployment rate in Central America might be 2 or 3%, because that's the number of individuals who work in um, I don't know. This is this. It's like it's like people who are self-employed in the U.S. that don't uh, account for you know don't collect unemployment because they don't pay into it, so they're off the books or or they're what do they call it when you're disheartened when you're when you lose hope and you know you're no longer in the statistics when you're no longer job hunting. So if you have half the country that's living in poverty, yes, you can have a, a low formal unemployment rate that's you know one or two percent. Why would you think it would be any different if most people 
people don't work in jobs now, are that you are stating account- this based on information you have superior to the information you had yesterday when you claimed the unemployment rate was 85 well the 85 percent is an estimate of, of people who are would love to live in a country like this because the, because of the opportunity you know like I said probably 50 percent and that's again Lawrence's worthless exaggeration he's got I, the I, shovel I, out folks and he's digging it deeper <laughs> Well, listen, if, if you would listen to what I would say. I'm listening. Do you know what the formal unemployment rate is? I mean, she's going to a great statistic that says, you know, these are people that had a, a formal job where you have, you pay taxes, you know, sort of like you and I worked on the books, but half the country isn't on the books and most of the jobs in Central America aren't on the books. And I ask you, how do you know that? Where, what is your statistic? Where do, where are you, what are you citing? I, I have never heard any such Oh. Citation. Mm, I, I I just know it over the years from reading about these sort of things and, and following what's been going on. And of course, we've been. How long have you and I been talking about immigration since we turned on the mic? Right, in, but we've uh, been spending all this money to help these countries, so our money has been unef- ineffective. Why are we wasting it then? I would has our has our money been well spent in Central America? I would see no evidence that any dollar, any single dollar that we've ever spent on any other country at all ever was well spent. When we have bigger issues in the U.S., we should definitely cut down on our foreign aid. You know, this is you. The Trump administration was big on this. We're going to help Guatemala, and now uh, President Biden's doing exactly the same thing, saying, "Well, if we pour money into that country, surely the need will be less." and it just doesn't work. So I would say to your answer or your question, the answer is no. No dollar spent out of the U.S. when we have significant issues here is money. So well then spent. the answer is to let them all come into our country illegally because we'll provide that better life for them that they can't get where they sure. are. Who in the program advocated for completing the border wall? No, I'm on I'm this just program. A- I'm asking you. Answer the question, Joe. Who on this program advocated? Yes, and I did as well. We should not have any opportunities at all whatsoever, period, for anyone to enter the U.S. illegally at all whatsoever, period. But then you there should be the no illegal immigration. Should the people who have immigrated here illegally be returned to where they came from? All 11 to 25 million of them? I don't know. You mean, you know, the the 11 million, which is really 20 million? Um, I don't know. You know, we'd have to talk about that. If if you have an individual that came in the U.S. and somehow got a Social Security number, probably illegally, and started working and is productive and is contributing to society and didn't flee, you know... um, the sort of the oppression or the uh, dilemmas or the illegalities or the poverty that we're talking about. Um, I don't think that we necessarily have to send them back. But if we send every illegal Im- immigrant back to wherever they came from, of course, we don't have any feasible way to do that. But I would think our economy would really be hurt. I mean, I'm speculating. I would think well, that would really hurt to pull, you know, if 11 million illegal immigrants are in the U.S. now, X percentage let's say many, I have no idea what the number would be, are working or doing jobs that nobody else wants to do, or at least some would be doing jobs nobody else wants to do. I don't know, but we'll get an expert on this. Asking me these kind of questions No, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, you're stating facts or things that you believe. I'm just trying to assess the where where you have formulated these opinions you know you sometimes come down on me I'll say the Washington, where I, how about the Washington Post I got them from the Washington <laughs> Post are you happy the, mo- the single most biased well, newspaper you are, in the world you are listening to me now uh, I agree with you that I don't think we can send tw- 11 to 22 million people out of the country and 
and I think there should be some some way, as you point out, and I agree with you completely, if they've contributed to our society, if they're working, they're productive, they're supporting their families, they're not involved in crime, they're not involved in drugs, they're not part of a street gang or a cartel, then maybe there should be some path, you know, some way to let them earn their citizenship, even though they came in the wrong way. But at the same time, we can't let the problem continue to grow unabated. You know, that's why President Trump's wall, I thought, made sense. At least it put a barrier up there, and it said to people who were inclined to come to this country that the United States is going to do whatever it has to do to enforce hey, its I'm border security. <laughs> no, I seriously think we should have better border security there. You know, why, if somebody comes from France in the U.S. on a plane, they have to go through customs, they're searched, they have to have a visa, they have to be checked, they, you know, they can't, of course, they have to have a current COVID test, COVID-19 test, and all these things. But if you come over the U.S. border, we, we put you up in a hotel and you're, you're good to go and welcome to the USA. Here's your three hots and a cot and your schooling and medical care. And so, um, yeah, our border is uh, should be sealed at all four corners. And whatever it takes to do that, I don't know how you would do the Canadian border. I guess they do a lot of that electronically or it's just so remote you don't have to. Well, and I think the U.S.-Mexico border has areas that are so remote that you don't necessarily have to patrol. But in any event, we obviously have a big job. We have to shore up the border. I'm 100% for it. Here's where we should be sending people back. Yesterday, the Fox News White House reporter asked Jen Psaki about the fact that they were keeping these kids in apparently something similar to my tent, some kind of uh, enclosure with, um, I won't call it saran wrap, but some kind of plastic, plastic, clear plastic. And they're holding some 400 kids in a facility or in a plastic area designed for 200 or so. And they ask, you know, Jen Psaki, isn't this in the age of a pandemic? You know, where else in the United States would it be permissible (laughs) to hold 400 people in a facility designed for 200? And she, she just tap danced around it. Well, we're following all the CDC guidelines. No, they're not. They're not following them at all. So you're saying the Biden administration has mishandled this? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. And I think I, we I don't can think, stipulate I don't that. think Joe Biden... You I don't know, think you'll find any argument except All these people who called Psaki. in about Joe Biden, how great he would be, and let's get rid of Trump. You know, where are these people now explaining why Biden has loused this up so thoroughly? 1-800-795-9565. If you wish to weigh in on this, Joe and I could discuss this important topic. If you have any corroborating information for Lawrence's worthless information that most people in Central America don't work on the books or at jobs where you can sort of follow them if they weren't to be working, feel free. I have heard the sentence from uh, people talking about Central America that the economy collapsed during the pandemic. Now, beyond that sentence, uh, I, you know, I probably heard it on CBS. I wouldn't be able to elaborate on that. But folks in the know know and are out there. So call us now if you have facts on this topic. Don't do a Joe. I don't know. I don't know. And don't do a Mark. I don't know where I why I know it. Call just us. make it up. Yes, I just make it up as You're I go. You're home for original reporting. What, what did you say? Malicious Yes, I've just been maliciously lying. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Call us immediately. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you, the other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565. Our telephone number. Rob, if I haven't uh, said it, is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass doing a super job over there. He's so bright he has to wear shades. How about that? Oh, so. brother. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a, it's a, a song line. We've got lots of texts this morning, but uh, we would welcome your calls at 1-800-795-9565. One of our texters says, all the deaths from the China virus are far short of the children trying to seek asylum in our great country. Oh, I'm sorry. He said the Trump virus. Where? Oh, the Trump virus. <laughs> well, that's I just not changed right. it. Okay. Um, Joe, do you think our military has hotels in all our war countries? No, Bob, I don't. But here's the deal. If we're giving illegal aliens in this country hotel rooms, why not give our troops here in this country who are defending our freedoms hotel rooms, too? Yeah, I think they're in hotels now. But somebody can fact check that. That's Lawrence's worth of speculation. I know they're not in the Capitol anymore. Well, and they were taking down some of the fences, Right, too. and there are fewer of them. You're right, there are fewer, but I don't know what the number was or what it is. But at the height, when we really needed them, they were there and we mistreated them. Uh, Mark, stop digging that hole you're in with unemployment numbers in <laughs> Central America. Central America. <laughs> and Mark, the government are easing drug laws because a society... No, oh, I'm sorry, that. we don't need that one. I'm sorry. That's for later. Mark, 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 every illegal here needs to be deported. If they have a Social Security number, they are committing a crime, so they haven't been contributing to the country or the community. They are violating oh, the man. law. Good job. And then uh, we have zero obligation to illegals violating our laws. I don't care how old they are. Uh, they are not uh, here for asylum. They are here for economic migration. The asylum uh, ruse is only to gain our sympathy. Sorry, it's not working. All right. Thank you for the text. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, talking about me uh, maliciously lying and then digging a... a <laughs> a fibbing hole to climb out of. I stopped digging. Well, listen, so. there's no there's no argument. It's a serious problem. And I think the only way we're ever going to solve it is for the Republicans and the Democrats to stop trying to use it as a political cudgel to beat each other over the heads with. Well, and that's sit all down. we ever do with anything. Well, I know, but it's about time we stop that. I think if the Republicans and the Democrats in Washington sat down with an eye not towards seeing who can get the biggest political or advantage or reelected or protect their base, but instead said, well, how do we solve this problem? What fair, how do we solve it? I can't believe that we couldn't arrive at some sort of a compromise that would be fair and at the same time guarantee our border security going forward. Well, it's funny because they all want the same thing. You know, they want what's best. Do for they? The, well, hold on. They want what's best for the country somewhat, but they mostly want to get reelected. Well, President Biden can help Republicans get reelected, too. If they sit down at the table, they'll be able to say, look, we're part of this bipartisan. You know, look, I, I don't always like what Bob Casey does, but on almost every 
every issue that he really wants to get done, he sits down with whomever it takes over on the Republican side to make sure that they get you know, a, a discussion going in the Senate. Now, I can't think of any laws or uh, initiatives that have really gained great amounts of momentum that he's done in a bipartisan fashion, but at least they start out that way. Well, and I noticed this week the uh, Lewisburg Children's Museum was starting a project with the League of Women Voters of the Lewisburg area as part of their mock project that they are going to talk to young people about uh, voting and democracy and how government works. And believe it or don't, one of the conversations will be about civil discourse. Can you imagine if we raised up a generation of kids in the nation who understood civil discourse could listen to what people they don't agree with might say, could compromise, could actually uh, sort of empathetically put themselves in that place, maybe read a book that's written by a staunch Republican or a a rabid Democrat, (laughs) you know, that would actually participate in a positive generation. I think probably one of the most disappointing things we saw last year was the number of teenagers who were ultra-adamant Biden supporters, just hating, but not maybe not hating, but, you know, just with awful disparaging remarks about President Trump supporters or teenagers who were ultra, you know, stop the steal. President Trump is the only way to go, uh, you know, supporters. So we have ourselves so far apart. We've dug, Republicans and Democrats have both dug such a deep hole they can't even see each other anymore. So we're never going to get out of this abyss. Well, then you are certainly a pessimist beyond belief. I believe if there are people of goodwill down there, anybody, they could reach across the aisle. Ironically, the head of the Problem Solvers uh, Caucus wound up being a guy who uh, unstrapped the woman's bra in a bar, and now he's not running again. (laughs) Well, I don't know what kind of problem he was trying to solve there, but... (laughs) Well, we won't won't say that on the air. But there are people in Washington who could be part of the solution if they would just put the country first and stop putting the interests of their party first and their base first. Look at Pat Toomey, and I, I, you know, I honestly don't know if all the things that Pat Toomey did were great or bad. I think he did some things that were pretty decent, and some things that you might, I might disagree with. But as soon as he cast a vote that disagreed with his party, they censure him, and they said it's the last elected office. And now he doesn't want to do elected office, so that might, or he says he doesn't wish to do elected office. But you know, they, they, the Republicans get out this cancel culture mentality they have and say, oh, we have to get rid of him, <laughs> you know, censure him so that we, he knows that well, he's done. I tell you, but I believe cancel culture is owned by the Democrats. I think it's a human condition. <laughs> I think it's sure, owned we by all want to get rid of the people who disagree with us. It's owned by people. If I could find a way to keep you from coming back through the door after the start of the next hour, I could do the whole program myself with all my opinions and views. Right, but uh, who who would do the... Who would want to listen? Who would do all the lying then? <laughs> this is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me and diametrically opposed to me. He's wearing his Fox funnels today, but uh, somehow he's a natural-born listener very briefly to other ideas before he dismisses them outright. I'm Mark Lawrence, and I just don't know anything. Plus, I'm a, a, uh, I want to get this right so I don't misquote. Nobody wants to misquote. I am grossly exaggerating, erroneously estimating, maliciously misstating, uh, simply flat out lying. Why don't we change the name of the program to Argue with the Ignorant? <laughs> That's us, baby. <laughs> yeah, Joe's favorite phrase this morning, no matter what he talks about, is... I don't know. I said it three times, and I was honest. If I don't know, I'm not going to tell you I do. Well, I just think the the rest of the, you know, you can point out that their soldiers aren't sleeping on the Capitol floor, but you ought to know where they are sleeping. Do you know? Uh, Hotels for (laughs) some of them. But I looked up, and the the first catch I found was on Voice of America. And uh, believe it or don't, they they don't talk about where they're sleeping, just that they're still there. So whomever knows where the soldiers are sleeping now, give us a buzz, one. 800-79. Well, people have time to look this up. You and I are busy now. one 800 795 is our telephone number. Uh, we have open phones right now. Our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, as one of our good listeners has done. And you can text us at 70236, as one of our good listeners has done. So we would just love to hear from you today. one 800 Some very brief news headlines. A Fire hit a home in Freeburg Monday evening. No injuries were reported. The blaze was reported around 4.15 p.m. and arriving volunteers found the rear and attic of the home engulfed in smoke and flames. Freeburg Deputy Fire Chief John Stuck tells WKOK there were no injuries and word of an explosion came from a venting propane tank. There is word on social media today a family dog died in the fire. Central Susquehanna Regional 911 says they sent crews from Freeburg, Kramer, Fremont, Shemokin Dam, Middleburg, Port Treverton, Mifflinburg, Crotzerville, and Sealands Grove to the scene. The East New Market Street section, 300 block, was closed for a time after the fire. It was reopened by 8 p.m. Again, no injuries reported. Stuck says Tim Weichel is the homeowner. The fire is under investigation. A fire marshal visited Monday and will return today. Three Valley counties will be part of a major clean energy initiative that will be the largest in the U.S. More from Matt Catrillo. The Wolf administration announced Monday the initiative will produce nearly 50% of the state government's electricity through seven new solar energy arrays totaling 191 megawatts. The arrays will be built in seven locations in six counties, including Northumberland, Snyder, and Montour. Officials say exact locations are still undisclosed as permits are still being pursued, but the arrays are expected to be on farmlands. The operation called Pulse, which is project to utilize light and solar energy, will go into operation January 1st, 2023. When completed, it's expected to deliver 361,000 megawatt hours of electricity per year, supplying 100% of electricity for 434 accounts across 16 state agencies, or about half the electricity used by the state government. The project will also create 400-plus jobs, and local contractors will be used. 
Matt Catrillo, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Majority Republicans in the state Senate announced Monday they will not employ a rarely used emergency process to amend the state constitution to give victims of child sexual abuse a two-year window in which to file civil lawsuits. The state Senate Majority Leader Kim Ward issued a statement saying the matter does not meet the emergency status criteria and does not correct the failure by the Wolf administration as it still does not properly vet the matter with the public. Democratic Governor Tom Wolf's Department of State failed to make the required public advertisements last year of a conventional constitutional amendment, leaving lawmakers a choice between starting the process over or using the emergency amendment process. As you heard, they won't do the emergency amendment process. We'll talk to State Senator John Gordner about that uh, lost opportunity uh, Thursday. Senator Gordner is going to call in on Thursday morning at 8.30. So we can talk about the process that will start again. Voters might have an opportunity to look at it on the ballot in 2023. Pennsylvania has amended its universal masking orders to align with the CDC guidance uh, for individuals who have been fully vaccinated. They can visit with other fully vaccinated people indoors without a mask or social distancing. Visiting with unvaccinated people from a single household who are at low risk for severe COVID-19 disease indoors without mask wearing or distancing, refraining from quarantine and testing following a known exposure if symptomatic. Uh, We have more about that at WKOK.com. Finally, a Chicago suburb is the first in the U.S. to make reparations available to its black residents. CBS News correspondent Jennifer Kuyper is in Chicago with more. The city council in Evanston, Illinois, has voted to distribute $400,000 to eligible black households for home repairs or down payments on property. The program is being funded through donations and a 3% tax on the sale of recreational marijuana. Vanessa Johnson McCoy says in the 50s, black families like hers were forced to live in certain areas, whether it was through discriminatory city ordinances or policies or practices. She says of the program just approved. Definitely a start. And I say yes, we have to begin somewhere. Sebastian Knowles opposes a plan calling it very limiting. Residents are unable to use their funds for anything other than housing. Evanston Alderwoman Cicely Fleming says it's a housing program rather than reparations. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News, Chicago. And those are the news headlines. We invite you to call. Uh, We've talked about reparations. To whom could they go? These are for uh, black residents in Evanston and only in Evanston and only for things that will improve Evanston and comes out of their uh, some of the donation from well, no, from uh, the sale of legal marijuana also. So um, there's an, a, a connection there, potentially. So we can talk about that. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We've been talking about the immigration and uh, what is uh, clearly a little bit of a pickle at the U.S.-Mexico border. Oh, you know, it's a pickle. Oh, yeah. It's been downgraded from a crisis to to a a, challenge. A challenge to a a situation. situation, And now it's a pickle. Now it's a pickle. (laughs) Yes. uh, President Biden never. And by tomorrow morning, it'll be cured. Well, by tomorrow morning, it'll just be an anomaly.
So, oh, well, that's that's probably you're right. That's probably the next step. <laughs> and then after that, just a little bump. Our friend Larry G in Texas says the eighty-six million dollars for illegal immigrant lodging is another government blunder. I had a friend show me a document yesterday that stated forty thousand fifty-six U.S. veterans are homeless every night. Why isn't the government providing hotel rooms for these persons who are willing to give their lives for this country? Make it a great day, signed Larry G. And Larry yeah, G's well, got a point. And I agree. That relates to Larry and I are kind of on the same page there. Um, if you have a significant veteran homeless problem, and you know X percentage of them, I'm not gonna, nobody likes my uh, lying speculation, but X percentage of them wish to be homeless, either because of mental illness or they just choose that way. That's fine. But if if assistance to them or help or mental health counseling or housing and or whatever. I mean, I think we have an obligation to all of our veterans to continue to help them before we help. But isn't that what President Trump was saying with America First when he was trying to put America First, that the things that we have in this country that need help should receive our attention before we help things that don't involve our citizens in our country? Why should we spend $85 million to house illegal immigrants who have committed a crime by crossing the border illegally while U.S. troops or people who gave a lot to our country to... They, they're sleeping on the streets. Well, I don't, I'm not saying I don't that this is uh, anti when it came to helping Central America. He, too, as Joe Biden does, recognize that if you could do something to help those economies, to modernize them or to I, I don't know how to describe the Central American economy, but I don't think of it as as developed as ours. No, so, it's not. Um, I just think that, you know, if you can do that, that would help them to become a developed. You know, imagine if they were a productive country. I mean, look at uh, there's a lot of aspects of the Mexico economy that are fairly conventional, you know, that involved a lot of U.S. manufacturing and a lot of opportunities for businesses to locate there. Of course, tourism is a big uh, opportunity in Mexico as well. But if if you could help the rest of the country and have it make a significant uh, measurable impact, I mean, I think you could do it. But I think for a century. We've poured money into Central America. I'm not sure that we have much to show for it. Oh, I would agree with you there. But the question is, if America has some obligation as a world citizen to help others, shouldn't it be in concert with other like-minded republics or democracies? You know, should we be the ones to shoulder the entire burden? If these people are in dire economic straits, you know, and they need help and assistance, why does it fall on America to do it and not other countries? And what obligation do other countries have to citizens that aren't their own? All right, we'll take a call. We'll take any call. One eight hundred. You can call and tell us to shut up if you so choose. Well, someone's saying that, Mark. Mark. Oh, no. Mark. Your excuses do sound empty. The soldiers were in the car garage, given bad food, no place to lay their heads in America. That's a fact. Why can't you just let the facts stand and your excuses go unspoken? Well, I agree. I think I stipulated that they were there. I, I didn't say they weren't there. I mean, that would be stupid to say that they weren't there. And they were they weren't given bad food. They were given pathetic food that had maggots in it and everything else. And it was rotten. metal shavings. Right. Right. <laughs> and one of them went, ended up in the hospital. Yeah, I stipulated that you just missed it. But uh, 86 million for illegal immigrants to have a nice hotel room. <laughs> And education and health care and COVID tests and whatever they and wouldn't need. Wouldn't our soldiers to, benefit from those same things? Well, this is the this is the president's uh, not America first, you know, that we're going to be good neighbors and that immigrants will be some something that we welcome. Good instead neighbors. Of something we're going to be good neighbors. So that yeah. includes giving away 
That includes giving away the farm, in effect, in America. We have to give you everything you want, even though our own citizens don't get those things. So you're saying we have misplaced priorities? Well, look, we have poverty and hunger. We have people killing each other. We have gun violence in Chicago. We have all. We need to do something. We have all of this stuff. We have all these problems that need solutions here at home. And I think if we don't start working on our own problems and our own solutions, you know, we have no business trying to solve the rest of the world's problems. The checked text, please. Says Mark, Biden is helping Republicans get re elected by his current actions, and he's helping new candidates defeat leftist Democrats. All right. Uh, let's see. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Uh, this one uh, right here, and then we'll go to the phones. Okay. A common thread that seems to be with Trump supporters and Biden supporters as a difference is money. It all comes down to money. Trump supporters only seem to be concerned about all the things that Trump did that had anything to do with the economy or spending money. Biden supporters seem to be more concerned about humanity and kindness and having a country where people are treating each other equally and fairly. Less con- concerned about money and the economy, I believe. I know this is very important, but I think that it says a lot about a person when all they think about is money and the economy and not much about humanity. All right. Thank you for that. 1-800-795-9565. Than, you are on the mark. Go right ahead. I, that, uh, oddly enough, that email feeds right into what I was going to say. You make it sound like people from South America are not our brothers and sisters. They are them, and we are us. Joe, I think we got to start understanding that humanity, ethics, and uh, cruelty, anti-cruelty, is feeding that southern border some nasty stuff. And I believe it comes from every administration recently, but uh, uh, just exaggerated by the former president. Not sure I get your point, Dan. What do you mean? It's well, you 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 talk about illegal aliens, right? I'm sorry, my friend. They are our brothers and sisters who happen to be but illegal aliens. They're not here legally. Okay. They're people who okay. are in they the U.S. Can, illegally. You can't diminish them and then say they are bad people. Well, Don't if, diminish them. They're my human brother, beings. In a situation. Then if my brother and sister, as you call them, create or commit a crime, what am I supposed to do? Pat them on the head and say, good work? Or am I supposed to hold them accountable for their actions? I don't think you call them names and sneer at them and kick them out. Who called them names? I didn't call them names. You you call them illegal aliens. That's what they are. That's well, that, that's not a that's not a that's insult. An that's a fact. Term for people. That's an antiquated <laughs> term for people. It's a rather bigoted statement. Just like and boy, you blew me away with this one when you said a few weeks ago he doesn't have the chance of a Chinaman. I said and that on like, the air. I yes, never said anything yes. like that on the air. And I just thought, my God, Joe, you really don't Jeez, understand. You ever hear me say anything like that, Mark? I don't recall. <laughs> and I, I think th- you would. Yeah, I think I would, yeah, because I, <laughs> I no, have... you uh, wouldn't because I sat here and heard it. Uh, what what date is that program on? I'd like to go back and hear the archive. I don't know. I just, I just noted it because it didn't sound like you. You're well, you it certainly not. doesn't sound like me, and, and I don't think I did and it. And, would you say your hearing is 100%, 80%? Or holy smokes, I can barely hear. What? Yeah, there we go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> if I did, the context, I mean, I can understand that people used to say something doesn't stand, a, a, and I'm quoting this, a Chinaman's chance in hell. It's offensive. I agree with you. But, I mean, people used to say that. 
And if I, uh, I can't believe I would have said something like that on the air, deliberately, well, intending it to be an insult to the Chinese. Well, I, I hear a lot of insults on the air on this radio station. Oh, that, right. <laughs> I, may got, I, I may have gotten somebody mixed up, but I think somebody is going to call in and say, yeah, I heard that too. Okay. Because it's not really a, it's not a fine thing to say about our brothers and sisters. I learned oh, that from Christians. Did I say, a, I think one day I said a snowball's chance in hell. You may have heard it as Chinaman's chance oh. because that's what it used to be. They changed it to a snowball's chance in hell. I was offended by a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> yes, I don't think snow <laughs> snowballs certainly need to be stuck up for then. But going back to your going, our brothers and sisters, going back to your original point, what about our brothers and sisters who served in the military and are living on the street? Do they deserve anything? Oh my God, we! I'll tell you what: we take young people, brainwash them, send them into war where old people don't fight. Oh, we brainwash! We brainwash our troops. Okay, now isn't that insulting, Than, to insist that American troops are, have to be brainwashed to want to serve this country? That's not insulting. Well, let me say this, and and you'll probably argue with this. I don't think that it's the human condition to take lives that are not you know obviously if somebody comes into your house and they threaten you that's something else nobody in the last several wars were coming in our house at all this we went out and got paid to fight them with this the exception the of the war of 1812 then no no foreign troops have ever come into our house that, well, uh, well, I, I, it's not foreign troops, but we had troops in our house on the 6th of January. But, uh, 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 oh, where was I going with that? <laughs> no, you had I, talked also to... have, I also have no memory whatsoever. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing that you said that sticks out in my mind is that American troops have to be, we brainwash our troops and then send them out to kill oh, people. Yeah, you threw me off guard there because... Okay, I won't use brainwash. You have to convince human beings to kill one another, Watley. You absolutely have to if you're not being threatened personally. Now, so whatever that's called, that's what I call it. And the other thing is we treat our soldiers so badly that we're an embarrassment around the world. Our, uh, our ex-soldiers who have come back, who have given so much, and we say... Well, listen, you have to drive 40 miles to a VA hospital. Look, I can't help you here because... 40 uh, miles. And, and what we should do is treat our veterans with the, uh, what, bets that they can get and make sure they're housed if they want to be. By the way, Mark's right. There are a lot of people who, I believe it's probably PTSD, but they do not want to uh, be confined in a house. So there are people who are going to be on the street by, uh, well, I guess, choice. Joe. Probably not that many, but they will. One of our texters says, hey, Than, how many millions of dollars does this country have to spend to Central Amer- send to Central America before they keep their people there? We're going to take you off reading. Uh, yeah, I guess we should. I, I, don't, uh, I don't truly understand this but then again i realize you don't understand why a parent would send their 15 year old boy or daughter to the border to come into the country unaccompanied 
And that's plain as day. When you have a cartel who has taken one of your children, turned them into a uh, drug dealer in Guatemala, and they say to this kid, you better bring your sister out here or else we're going to kill your family, there's a time to run, Joe. We, we have it so nice here in the United so States. So all of these, well. every one of these unaccompanied minors at the border has had that happen to them. That's why they're there, that their parents are worried about them becoming a drug dealer for the cartel, when it, in fact it's the cartels who are bringing them into the country for a fee? I know, I know. But they uh, <laughs> the reason they're coming to this country is worth $5,000. They're going to live. And oftentimes parents think that their children living is worth five grand or fifteen grand if they can get it. So these cartels, they're they what? How many kids are at the border now? They estimate what a couple of thousand. Every one of them has been threatened by a cartel member, and that's why they're here. Uh, how many would it take to be threatened by a cartel member at your house in well, Guatemala? I'm just, I'm just concerned because Mark it? Mark yesterday said the reason they were coming wasn't because of cartels, but because of unemployment. Now, what is it, unemployment or cartels? Joe, it's not one or the other. It's a thousand things. He knows that. It's a million little things. (laughs) He knows that. I don't like it here, so I'm going to go to the border. I'm going to send my unaccompanied 15-year-old or 7-year-old to the border. I'm going to separate them. You know, when they separated kids from their parents, when the Trump administration, you thought it was horrible. But when the parents separate themselves, when the parents... They rip kids away from their parents. And when the parents rip their kids away from themselves, that's okay, right? You're okay with that if the parents make the decision to rip their kids away. Hey, do you want the government or the parents to make the decisions for your children? Our government isn't making those decisions, Than The parents are making the decision to send themselves away. If the government does it and they have a valid reason, as the Biden administration appears to have right now, they're doing the same thing. They're separating children. They're keeping them in different places than adults, the adults who may have brought them into the country. I don't think they're separating families. I don't know that, but I don't think they are. I've heard a lot about it, none of it was separating families. They kept families together. And yes, things are dire at the border. But boy, between Fox News and these other newscasts, you'd think we were being filleted. Oh yeah, and, and what's his name? Larry in Texas. That's what I'm going to take as the word of Texas, is one guy from where? Houston. Well, he has an opinion. I mean, you have an opinion. That's the show's about opinions. Yeah, I agree that he has opinions. I enjoy his opinions, but I don't agree with all of his opinions. I gotcha. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for calling in. Hey, yeah. Thanks for the argument. (laughs) (laughs) This is vigorous, Dan. This is uh, cardiac rehab for Dan. Asylum has nothing to do with crime, Dan. Asylum may be granted when a country's government is persecuting a citizen for political or religious issues. Or or the country is just so abysmal. Bad. It doesn't have necessarily have anything to do with the government. It could be the circumstances caused by uh, poverty or illegalities that are happening, cartels. This one starts here, right here. Okay, Than, anyone crossing the border that has not asked for permission and are not citizens are illegal aliens. Just because your sensibilities are hurt does not make the term 
wrong. Yeah, I don't think we use that term anymore. I don't. You don't often Why not? hear that. I don't know. You know, uh, we maybe, it, maybe it sounds like they're from outer space or something. But <laughs> I, you don't. You don't. You never hear that term anymore, except on this show. Well, aliens are people that aren't from here. I get it. I understand. <laughs> That's the definition of the word. <laughs> I understand, but usually they are people who well, are. Well, shall we refer to them cross- as undocumented citizens? Uh, if they're you already, like that better? If, if they're already in the U.S. <laughs> they aren't citizens. Well, apparently they're documented. We know there's only 11 million of them, and never more and never less. <laughs> so somebody documented them. All right. What, we'd love your opinion on this. We would change topic, whatever you wish to discuss. Call us immediately. 1-800-795-9565. We had a call, so it is. It's the WKOK call show. So call us now. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, you can email us at on the market WKOK.com, and you can do as uh, one individual is doing quite uh, prolifically today, and that's text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We're going to wrap up our immigration conversation with the following emails. Right. Um, one of our emailers says, You bring up a subject that's very sore with me. In Sunbury, there sits an empty hospital. It would be a great hospital for veterans. It has a brand new ER room. Many empty rooms could be for homes for veterans. So why isn't something being done with this hospital? Well, you'd have to ask the people who closed it, UPMC. They made the decision in a board meeting to just shut it down. And they still own it? They're still the owner? They own the okay. building. Well, it could be used just for housing housing, not necessarily... Uh, but she's right. I mean, they have that brand new ER. It certainly could... It's a tremendous asset. And of all the stupid decisions ever made, they closed it down right before a pandemic hit, where certainly <laughs> their census would have been higher. They probably would have returned to profitability. Probably, yeah, probably would have been in the black. As yeah. people came to realize what a wonderful service they provided, they would, uh, you know, patronize the place. Right. So. Thank you, UPMC, for nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm assuming that Trump, or that Than, rather, <laughs> I see a T, I think it's Trump. So I'm assuming that Than never locks his doors to his home and lets anyone who wants to enter his home and help themselves. Everyone is your brother and sister, according to Than. So um, he should never lock his doors or protect anything he owns. We are waiting for him to give his address out so that all of his brothers and sisters can come and go anytime they'd like. All right, Chris, you're on the mark. Last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, I noticed that uh, Toomey uh, voted against Merrick Garland. Did he? And I haven't been able to discover why. That's a good good question. I don't. I can't imagine why he would. 
because, because he's he Pat Toomey. Was, he also wanted Trump to nominate Garland to FBI uh, uh, chief at one point, that rather sneakily, because the real reason there is to get rid of him as a judge so Trump could appoint yet another one. <laughs> but uh, it seems strange. It does. I wasn't sure. If my only reason I could come up with, uh, he had so many... Uh, uh, Republicans mad at him. He thought it was safer to vote against as many de- nominees as he could. But okay, I, well, I can't the, think of why. Here's an article from Penn Live, and the article is entitled, uh, let's see if I bring it up. Here's why I'm opposing Merrick Garland's. Well, no, this dates back to a Supreme yeah, Court you nomination. Yeah, you look it up and you get those things. Yeah, you you're right. Get one from, right. No, no he, he released no statement on it that I could find at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is even stranger, because he did on the other people he voted against, for the most part. Yeah, you're okay, right. That's, then, uh, that's all that's there. Uh, moving you're... on, then. Uh, let's see. What was next? Oh, uh, one thing about the soldiers. Uh, compared to basic training, probably the, the where they were sleeping was not much... The way they were living was not much worse. <laughs> Oh, giving them rotten food, sleeping on the floor? Yeah, rotten food's a different thing. I don't know where the rotten food came from. To one particular restaurant. And who's the fault there? The people who ordered it or the people who would expect to get good food from a restaurant or not? Well, I don't don't think it matters. I think what's important is somebody should have been checking the quality before it got to the soldiers. Uh, yeah, because you always open up a box from a restaurant when you're feeding other people and smell the food, don't you? And then if it smelled bad, you could tell, well, I guess. D- do but restaurants have even smell bad? Do restaurants have chefs who supposedly check the quality of the food? I'd like to think when I go to yes, a restaurant. Yes, but it's not the government's fault that the food was bad. It's the restaurant's fault. Government paid for it. Well, yeah, we're supposed okay. to take good care of our soldiers <laughs> all the time. If you want to go on circles and that, you can if you want. I'll I'll drop out. Okay. <laughs> and let's see. Oh yeah, Kavanaugh. You always are talking about. Uh, uh, you were talking several times when you mentioned uh, Democrats weren't for due process for Do- Kavanaugh, and they now are for uh, the governor of New York. And I think it was the Republicans who weren't for due process for Kavanaugh. They wanted to rush the, dem- the nomination through without due process on the charges. But there was no solid evidence. Yeah, well, they, they had a three-day phony investigation where people, it was uh, secretly limited by the Trump administration what they could investigate, and they had a tip line and people called in tips and left their names and addresses, and they were never contacted. Where'd you hear that? I never heard that. Oh, I heard that at the time. That was that was that was a common complaint at the time, because uh, one reason was because they weren't accepted. You couldn't. Well, the one of the limitations on it, if it wasn't something that was uh, that came up at the hearing, then it wasn't on their purview to investigate. Which doesn't sound like real true process, process, due process to me. Well, if the people came out and made charges, specific charges, and they weren't investigated, that would be an issue. But here we have, in, in Governor Andrew Cuomo's case, we have eight people who have come forward with specific allegations. No, it is eight. 
all of them related to his service as governor. The only charge against um, Kavanaugh related to high school. uh, None of them are exactly automatic, uh, I should resign offenses, right? And you think that the the one with uh, Kavanaugh was? No, but uh, I should. What should I be given a lifetime appointment to a physician without further investigation? Is well, you know, there's an old adage where there's smoke, there's fire. But there was no smoke in this case. It was one person whose own friends couldn't verify that she ever talked to them about it or mentioned it to them. That's right, but it's still. Uh, could bear some investigation, and they did agree to investigate, but it was kind of a phony investigation. And I think you will admit that at the time, the women were all saying, believe the survivors, believe the survivors. Well, they're I not agree saying they that. They were saying, believe the survivors, but I don't mean that. I don't think that means the survivors always should be believed. Okay. Well, they're not shouting that with Andrew Cuomo. Uh, so, yes, but they are say, saying, uh, investigate the charges, right? Sure. And that's 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 what the due process that never really happened because they came up too late and the Republicans were determined to get them on the Supreme Court. Well, when you talk about people who didn't get due process and I didn't care for him at all, and that was the former senator from Minnesota, uh, I believe it was Minnesota, uh, the comedian. Yes, yes I, I, I disagreed with that one, too. I mean, he didn't but, get due process. He was just drummed out. All right, well, we've yeah. got a caller waiting. Wrap it oh, up, and, Chris, and we'll give one, you the last one other, word. Let's see. One other thing about the children. A lot of those were being held in Mexico. Do you think they're better off where they were, where they are being held now or the way they were probably being held in Mexico? I think they're better off in Mexico. Because there's you no, think so? there's no, uh, no you stories so? about there's no stories about Mexico well, mistreating yeah, them because it was in Mexico. <laughs> All right, we got to go, Chris. So you're exactly. insulting our brothers and sisters. You're insulting our brothers and sisters in Mexico. Because huh? it was in Mexico and out of sight of us, we were. There were no stories. But about they're our brothers precisely. and sisters. Al Franken is the Al name Franken, you couldn't right. take. It. All right, you win thank on you, that s- one, Joe. thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank All you right. so much Bye. for calling in. All right, quickie break. Got a caller waiting. We'll be right back. Call us now. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We got callers awaiting. Good morning, Cindy. You're on the Mark. And that's hey, the truth. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to get in on the conversation about immigration because, like everybody else, I have an opinion. And um, I want to thank San for kind of opening the door there uh, regarding um, being a little more welcoming. I personally think that we should put the welcome mat out for these folks. Uh, obviously, they're fleeing something that's pretty oppressive, or why would they leave? Um, and I know there are some folks that think that they're coming for a handout. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they're hardworking. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. There are a lot of jobs here. Where I work in the healthcare industry, we've got 16 openings in the dietary department. Nobody wants nobody wants these jobs. So hey, I say open the doors, let them in. They'll come to work. They'll boost the economy. They'll contribute. They'll get social security numbers. And as far as flying them places, that might be a little extravagant. Why don't we just bust these nice folks 
and uh, bring bring a couple busloads here to Pennsylvania because we have jobs. And who's going to pay for the uh, school systems that become overloaded? Uh, who's going to pay for all the social services that these folks need? You willing to do that? Uh, yes. I'll, I'll take a bite because... How big a bite? I, because a lot of us don't want to fund the illegal immigration because it's illegal. Well, <laughs> well this would be yeah, illegal if they're working. Yeah, I think that says a lot more about the, the person who has that opinion than it does about these these people. They're people, and I do I do take offense to, and I and I don't take offense easy. Believe me, I'm a I've been accused of being a, a liberal, and I just think, well, the beauty of being a liberal is I can listen to everybody. Um, I don't like the catch and release thing. They're not fish. These are people. Thank you, Dan. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm okay with I'm I'm okay with contributing something towards their support while they get their feet on the ground and they start good lives. I mean, my I'm the great-granddaughter of an immigrant, and um, thankfully he came to the United States, he, she, my grand, great-grandparents. Well, now, how many do we so, let in under your plan? Do we let everybody in? Come on up. The border's open. We're going to take care of you? Well, I think our problem is our process. You know, our process of legalizing people or, you know, I know I'm, it doesn't sound nice to say illegal alien, and I'm glad you had that conversation, but um, I, we just have to up the process. That's all. And I, I think, unfortunately, um, the situation got out of control, but um, I suppose that the optimist in me problems are opportunities. Let's Let's sort this out, make it work. Well, you see hope in people and in opportunities and empty jobs and people looking for work and people living in uh, countries where you need an asylum to get to get out of that country and into the U.S. But I think a lot of other people just see this as uh, dollars and cents. Do we want to spend any money to take good care of our neighbors, our fellow human beings who we consider aliens? Or do we want to see the human side, uh, you know, even the Christian side, if that's the side you, you wish to call it? But I think a lot of people just want to look at this as as, uh, well, you know, my arms are folded. They can't come here. The answer is no. We'll let a few in each year in a, in a systematically slow process. If there's jobs going empty that Americans don't want, the company that has those jobs will just have but to But that cope. would be part of a total solution, analyzing whether or not we have the jobs for people and then letting them in according to the needs that we have. That would be what I would call a common-sense solution to this issue. Well, common-sense solution we're doing right now is not letting children return back to where the conditions are much worse. And so that's our common sense. But the common sense to me is I don't send my child away from my home to let him fend for himself in a foreign country. Cindy Joe pretends that he has even a molecule of idea of what's <laughs> happening in Honduras. So pair with well, you him. obviously don't. You misquoted entirely their unemployment rate. <laughs> All right, Cindy, we'll give you well, the last word. Go right ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I... I uh, we haven't walked in their shoes, and I just, I suppose I'm just imagining, um, as a parent, it would, I would think that I, sending them off like that would be in their best interest, in a way, what parent wouldn't, and, and it's, there must be something really awful going on down there, and I, and I, you know, maybe that's worth a trek 
someday go down and just actually witness what's going on but uh, to me it's like obvious and you know the if we have to invest money in the in these folks then it's an investment in our future because a percentage of them will probably our caregivers at, at one point or another because that's a job people just don't seem to want to have right now and I you're mean, killing gonna, Joe, just so you know. <laughs> you're the killing better life Joe. we're giving them is a right. life of service <laughs> to p- people who need care. His Fox Funnels <laughs> have a block on that kind of conversation. All right, thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you thank for you, being Cindy. a great, Appreciate great caller. Call, call thank back you. early and often and send us notes. We appreciate it. Thank you <laughs> thank very you. much. All right. <laughs> you bet. See you guys. Oh, take care. Right. Uh, we got our last caller of the day standing really? by. We have eight minutes left in the program. Uh, well, okay. We got four minutes of commercials oh, okay. and then <laughs> three minutes of call, and that takes us to about a minute left. Right. And we got 7,000 emails and texts. Uh, do I have to explain it further, or can we move no, on? No, you can move on. All now. right, here we go. There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Stand by Dan. Joe, read that email before I tell you all about the Ford Mustang Said, I got to Listening drive. to your program, I found that a lot of people are very naive. All right. <laughs> I hope she wasn't talking about Cindy from Lewisburg. All right. Uh, we want to remind you that I got to drive the 2021 Mustang Mach-E Premium, 100% electric, 266 horsepower, 317 foot-pounds of torque. I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty powerful. Single-speed transmission, 270 miles on a single charge, 0 to 60 in 4.8 seconds. You can plug it into 110 or 220 if you happen to have it in your garage or your driveway. Heats up instantly, $56,000. Eight-year, 100,000-mile uh, warranty on the battery. I speculated the other day it would be six miles, but they warranty that this battery will be good for 100,000 miles or eight years, whichever comes first. You can use your phone as the key. You don't really need a key fob anymore. Your smartphone acts as a, a, a fob, and of course, there's a little code that you use so that nobody steals your car. But that's just one of the vehicles there. they got hundreds of other ones. They invite you to bring your vehicle to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 6.30 to 2. SunburyMotors.com You can buy a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia to your precise specifications by building it on the .com or you can just go down there on the .com and check out which vehicle you want. i got a Ford F-150 all picked out so it's going to be my next vehicle. But we invite you to do what I've done. Go to SunburyMotors.com and uh, drive one of their fabulous vehicles. Uh, Dan, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, Dan is not 100% right. Not every person is my brother or my sister. 
uh, uh, if you're not born of the Spirit, you're not truly my brother or my sister. You're a, you're just a fellow human born of the flesh. Yes. What's wrong with We're, being a fellow human? It would seem to me that that would be sufficient uh, um, connection enough for anybody of any faith to. So, in feel. other words, you would walk over uh, somebody. Which, if you found somebody lying in the street who needed help, you'd want to check their religious affiliation before you rendered aid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just correcting Van's statement that we're not all brothers and sisters. That's all I'm saying. Okay. He, he promoted the brotherhood of man, which is a false teaching. We're not all brothers and sisters. If you're not born again, you're not 100% my brother or my sister. Yeah, we, we I love all humankind. But that doesn't mean we have to let them run all over the country. Well, if that distinction this great country of ours, if that distinction is important, in other words, the distinction between whether or not I'm really your brother or not, based on whether or not I've been, as you put it, saved, then what is the what, how do you treat those people differently? In other words, what do you do for the person that is your brother or sister that you won't do for the person who isn't in a time of need? Well, it's somewhat the same, mostly the same, what we would do for uh, for someone that's not saved. We'd be the same, but of course, it's hard to talk to people. You don't have much communication between people that are unsaved and saved. And, you know, you're talking in, uh, right past them, and they don't want to hear it. But far as human conditions and far as meeting their physical needs, yeah, the the believer has an obligation well, that's to what, every person. That's what Than was saying. Then you're in complete agreement with no. what Than said. No, nope, I'm not. He, <laughs> well, uh, he, he used the term no brother. Such thing as the brotherhood of man. That means we're all going to the same place. Not necessarily. <laughs> some yeah, are, some are going to the California. The brotherhood of man teaches we're all going to the same place. All right, we got but you. I'm Thank you, sir. You have to be born of the Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Then we got to yep, run. You Thanks. You guys have a great You one. too. Thanks yep. for calling. Yep. Bye. Bye. We have open phones tomorrow. Then on Thursday, we will have State Senator John Gordner here. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKO. WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time, 10 a.m.